Milwaukee United Church of Christ presents Breath, a reflection by the Reverend Jean Randall Bodman, presented on Sunday, May 31st, 2020. Please pray with me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. O God, mystery, creator, first breath, Use the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts to draw us to you, for surely you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I invite you to take a deep breath with me, to breathe in to the count of five, hold it for the count of five, and release to the count of five. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. In the beginning, when the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep, God's breath swept over the face of the waters. The Lord God formed a human from the dust of the ground and breathed into its nostrils the breath of life, and the human became a living being. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Then he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Breathe in. Breathe out. In the time of pandemic, when a virus is invading people's lungs, leaving hundreds of thousands of people fighting for air, a man named George Floyd was stopped by police and arrested. While he was lying face down on the ground, an officer knelt on his neck while Mr. Floyd gasped, I can't breathe. I can't breathe just like Eric Garner before him. I can't breathe. Like Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery, Sandra Boyd and Michael Brown, like Trayvon Martin and Tamir Rice and Freddie Gray and Philando Castile. We can say their names like a litany, the black Americans whose breath and lives were stolen by police or vigilantes. The Lord God breathed life into the dust creature, and it became a human being, breathing in and breathing out. The disciples gathered together behind locked doors for fear of the authorities. They waited, and into that waiting came a sound like a wild wind, followed by flames which rested on each one and filled them with the Holy Spirit. Suddenly, they were able to speak in new languages, languages they'd never studied or known before in their lives. It sounds like a party trick, but it was a tool and a gift. 
because right outside that room were crowds of people from all over the diaspora. They were in Jerusalem as pilgrims for the festival of Shavuot. And suddenly they heard through all that babble and confusion of that cosmopolitan place, their own languages telling them a story. It was a fulfillment, Peter said, of words given by the prophet to Joel. In the last days, it will be that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon those who are enslaved, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. The Holy Spirit arrived giving not one gift, but two gifts. The power of voice for those who needed to speak and the power of listening for those who needed to be quiet and listen for the words sent to each one in a radically rebabbled world. Because of these two powers, the powers of speaking and listening, the church began. And this is how the church can continue to serve the world in this moment of chaos, when everyone is shouting and clarity and meaning are so hard to find. For us right now, as a predominantly white congregation in a largely white denomination, now may be our moment to listen. Listen to the voices of our black brothers and sisters, our black siblings, Listen to their pain. Listen to the story of life in America from the perspective of people whose ancestors were brought here in chains and whose children have their innocence stolen by the talk that they have to have when their parents, when they become adolescents. The talk about how the world might perceive them, the non-black world might perceive them. Now is the time to listen without defensiveness to the frustration, anger, and heartache of the black community. It might be very upsetting. You might wanna defend yourself as not racist because you don't hate anybody. You may have black neighbors and friends and family members who you love. But we who are not black have more to learn. Let's try hard to stay quiet and listen, even if we already feel love, to be curious about all we do not yet know about being black in America. Listen also for the ways that the American culture of white supremacy has seeped into our very own skin, even though we don't want it there in the assumptions we find ourselves making, even though we don't agree with them once we catch ourselves, in the ways it is easier to live our lives as non-Black people. And I call us to listen not only to Black pain, but to Black beauty and excellence, to read Black writers, listen to Black speakers and composers, watch movies made directed by Black directors, and when we have listened deeply and well, and we decide to lift our voice for change, 
let's be sure that we don't cry out for peace unless God first empowers us to create justice. It is not enough simply for us to smooth things over, to get back to normal, although normal is all I want. I want to go back before the pandemic and before Ahmaud Arbery and before George Floyd. I wanna go back, but we're not called to go back. We're called to go forward. Normal has been terrible for a lot of people for a long time. We don't want normal. The tinderbox of the pandemic has revealed the unequal state of healthcare and education access in America. And smartphone cameras have revealed to the whole of America what the black community has known for a long time. Because violence against black bodies is not new. What's new is the presence of our phones to record it and share it. You'll remember that several months ago, a black man named Ahmaud Arbery was shot and killed by two white men, not officers, just white men, who thought he fit the description of someone who might have done something wrong somewhere nearby. So they chased him down and they shot him. And the men who shot Ahmaud Arbery were not arrested because a crime was committed and the police suspected them. Those men were not even arrested because the police suspected them and saw video evidence. They were arrested because we saw video evidence. Because anyone in America with a computer or a smartphone could see the horrific event. And they were forced to act. So today my prayer is come again, Holy Spirit, Come again and teach us how to pay life-giving attention to the cries of our siblings. Breathe in, breathe out. Come again, Holy Spirit, come again and teach us how to cry out for justice. Jesus said, peace be with you. Just as the Father sent me, so I send you. The church was born in that moment, a moment of chaos, in a community living under the oppressive yoke of Rome. It was born by story and breath to give voice to the message brought by a brown-skinned man born into a low-income family in the back of beyond. Jesus was born under the strongest, most prosperous, and glorious empire the world had yet known. An empire that brought roads and building campaigns, cross-cultural exchange, a great flowering of art and architecture and literature in its cities. But Jesus was not on the side of the empire because in order to accomplish that great cultural flourishing, that empire stood on the necks of the poor until they cried out, we can't breathe. Jesus was on the side of the oppressed. He was on the side of feeding the hungry and clothing the naked. The Jesus that we follow, the risen Christ to whom we belong, is still on the side of the oppressed, on the side of human freedom and flourishing. And he is on the side of the oppressors being healed. He is on the side of all of us 
being set free. So come, Holy Spirit, into our moment of chaos. Fill us with your life-giving spirit. Teach us to listen. Empower us to speak. Create your church again for this moment in time. Amen.